Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Theory of the Postdoc Evolution, the podcast of the Postdoctoral Development Center from Queen's University, Belfast. I am Alice Dubois, and I created this podcast to help postdocs with their career planning, notably by showcasing multiple career paths, which is what we are going to do today. Today, our guest is Lucy McKenna, founder of Full Eon, Uh, limited, learning designer, facilitator, coach, and a lot more. Lucy, welcome, ver welcome, and thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Alice. So, uh, Lucy, you've got a background in business and media design, and you spent several years working for big companies like Google, Aircom, or Aer Lingus. But now you have set up your own learning and development consultancy. So this is fully on uh, and you design and deliver workshops to empower people and teams to be more efficient in the workplace and also be happy at work and happy in their lives. Um, so you notably deliver uh, a live design workshop for the PDC uh, here at Queen's. So. What I propose is that first we're going to discuss a bit how you got there and what uh, your job is about, what it means to be self-employed especially, uh, and then maybe pick a bit your brain about uh, getting some tips for our uh, listeners and our postdocs and how they could reflect on their career and choose a job that would make them happy. And maybe if we have time also in the end, discuss a little bit one of your passions, which is uh, the future of work. It is. Okay, so, uh, well, first, can you tell us a little bit how you got here? Uh, what is your journey and what made you decide to take that big step and build your own company? Great. Um, uh, okay, let me, where do I start? <laughs> um, so my journey was not a direct journey. It was a little zigzaggy. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start with, I spent about nine years working for Google down in Dublin and I had the great privilege to work across the organization and work with various different teams within the organization and um, my last job was working on their learning and development team and designing training programs um, but I could see the 10 years looming and I knew that if I didn't step out now I, I might never step out so I, I, for a few years, I've been feeling a little bit kind of, oh, I really want to do my own thing or I want to try something else. And I had a real interest in kind of environmental issues and sustainability. And I thought, okay, I kind of think I'd like to go into that area, but I wasn't 100% sure. Um, so and then I'd done volunteering with food co-ops and, and different things in Dublin and I was interested in that area. So I thought, okay, just rip the plaster off and I jumped out. Um, and look, I know I was lucky. I had some savings behind me. Um, so I knew that I could take a bit of time to, to kind of figure things out. And I, I took myself off to a permaculture organic farm over in Galway for three months uh, to learn how to grow organic food. And after three months, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time to kind of reflect and take time out. But I realized that I preferred to buy organic vegetables as opposed to growing them. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit more challenging. Um, so during that time, I met a lot of different people. And I actually bought a camper van and I started to travel around Ireland and, and met lots of different people. And I'd started thinking about this fact that I got to my mid-30s and I was, I kind of stepped out of the corporate world and was 
what do I want to be when I grow up? And, you know, the more people you talk to, the more you realize we're not the, and I wasn't the only person that this happened to. And I was thinking back on kind of school and how we really focus on young people with like, what do you want to be with you when you grow up? So focused on this one career, this one job, rather than who, who do you want to be and what's important to you and what are the things that excite you? So, um, long story short, uh, I, I created a course because training and designing training was what I actually did really well. And, you know, I, I kind of connect that with the environmental sustainability stuff, because I was like, if people aren't in a right headspace with who they are in life and what they're doing, then all this other stuff about making the world a better place can get very lost. Uh, so anyway, I, I created a course for a school and I got to trial it in a school in Dublin and they really liked it. So I ended up doing it again with them. But when I started talking to various people about it, they were like, do you do this for adults? And I was like, well, I can do this for adults. So I created um, the first life design program and I started to run it in Dublin and I approached different organizations and, and I did that as well with with them. Um, and then as I went along, I started, you know, companies would say, OK, we want a training in maybe um, people working better together in teams or we want a training on leadership. And this was my background. This is what I did. So that's, I guess, how I took the, the step into self-employment. Um, it was a bit of a journey. It didn't it didn't happen overnight and it wasn't incredibly planned, but I got there in the end. So, OK, but I guess what made you realize you needed to to take that leap? Or maybe for someone who's I mean, I've changed career not as dramatically as you. I stayed within the university, but went from a research job to a researcher supporting job, uh, more administrative, less laboratory. Well, not laboratory at all, actually. And I know uh, what was maybe a bit difficult at the time was first redefining myself and how I was going to say what job I do and how do you introduce yourself to people, what people were going to think also, uh, and also the fear of maybe not... Uh, like taking the wrong decision and not liking it and not being able to go back. Did you go through something similar? Yeah. I, so as I said, I, I was there for nine years. I probably should have left after six or seven. So it was something that I struggled with back and forth for a long time to take that step out. Um, there were a few things that happened. Um, I went to see a talk Uh, by someone that really kind of inspired me to think about, you know, what happens if you don't make that change? You know, what happens? How does three years down the line look? What does 12 years in Google look like? Is my life going to have changed any? Will I still be feeling this discomfort? And it was when I, I, I kind of took it from that perspective that I realized I had to change something. Um, and that made it worth the risk. And in my head, I was like, look, you can come back to a job, you know, you've good experience, you know, you, there's there's plenty of companies out there you could go and work for. So look, take the risk and step out. But I really did find uh, I was Lucy who worked for Google for so long. And then all of a sudden, I'm just Lucy. 
<laughs> and what's Lucy doing now? Oh, she's in a farm in Galway looking, growing vegetables. <laughs> she, she's driving the camper van around, which was great. People like that. But then it got to a stage where I had to do something, you know. And I think it was really interesting because for a long time, my parents, when I would talk about leaving Google and they're brilliant, my parents are fantastic and they think I should do whatever I want. But they were like, are you sure now it's what you want to do? And a lot of people would be, are you sure? What's your plan? So you do listen to those voices for quite some time. But in the end, I knew it was what I had to do. And the people um, like my parents uh, who really know me knew it was the best thing for me when they seen me after having stepped out, you know. But yeah, it's not it's not an easy step. But that kind of thinking, what does it look like one year from now, three years from now, if I don't make this change? And the fact is nothing changes and I need a change. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I think uh, I totally relate uh, to that. Um, so now that you've changed, if you reflect on your job, what would be the the two things that you enjoy the most and the two things that are the most challenging about being self-employed? Okay. The things that I enjoy the most is the variety that I, I, I get to work with different companies, different organizations, different people. So, you know, you get to see... I think, and it's only having stepped out of the corporate world, you realize what a bubble that you're in kind of there, whereas now I get to see what it's like for non-for-profits, for educational institutes, for uh, small businesses and understand more about that. So I'm getting a much broader sense of type of businesses and, and organizations that are out there. And the flexibility is brilliant. Now, I say it's brilliant. I end up working six days a week sometimes, but... I can take an afternoon out and go and hang out with my niece or something like that. So that flexibility is fantastic. I really, really enjoy that. Challenges. Um, I miss having a team. It can get lonely sometimes. Uh, I do get to work with lots of different people, but there's something about that. You know, you've got a team and you're working on a project together and you're moving forward. So the type of work that I look for now is maybe longer term projects where I get to, to really get my teeth in on a project and working with the same group of people. Um, so, yeah, the, I definitely miss working with a team. And at the start, I found the lack of security really difficult, The kind of not knowing where the next job was coming from. But after time... I'm now getting a lot more repeat work and, you know, word of word of mouth and stuff like that. So, but that was really challenging at the start. Um, and then having to do my own administration and counts and all that crack just bleh, melts my brain. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, that will help lead to my, my next question, which was, how does it work to be your own employer? Because I'm sure it's the same for uh, our listeners. They will be like me. I guess until you've experienced it, it's just a big mystery that all oh, you're self-employed. What do you actually do? Uh, how does it work for you to take your holidays and if you're sick or how your pension works or all, all these kind of things that can be maybe a bit scary? Mm. Uh, what's the reality here? The reality is you got a little bit of pain at the start. Uh, you have to, you know, you have to register your company, decide what type of legal structure it's going to be. You need to look at kind of registering the name, 
um, insurances, different things like that. So there is there is a big kind of upfront piece, um, just the logistics of setting up a business. But there's so much information out there, so much support to help you do that. And there are courses, there are websites, but it just takes time. And you have to just give the time over to do that. Um, a little tip, if you're naming your company, name it something that people can easily spell off the top of your head, because I did not do that. <laughs> so that would just be one recommendation I, I would get, give. In terms of holidays, sick pay, all of that, look, you're self-employed. You decide when you take holidays, you don't, you know, you make sure that you're making enough money so that you can take that time off. You're not, you don't get sick pay. Um, so what I would have is because I would go into places and do trainings in the event that I wouldn't be able to do that. I would have certain people as backup that I have met or that have worked with me in the past that can go in and do those things. And if that doesn't work, I just simply have to cancel sometimes. But it hasn't happened so far. So uh, my health has been good. Um, yeah. And then pension, I can I'm, I'm putting my fingers in my ears and going, la, 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 la. I need to figure it out. <laughs> but it is it's one of those things you just have to get a private pension and, and start paying yourself, I think. Um, now, I did set up as a limited company as opposed to a sole trader. So I'm officially employed. So there there can be some benefits to that as well. Okay. And yeah. you mentioned that there's support out there. Yeah. Uh, do you know one or two examples that would be first point of contact maybe in Northern Ireland if some of our listeners are thinking about So this. you can go on I think to gov.co.uk and there's loads of stuff in there about the logistics of actually setting up. Um, Invest and I can direct you in terms of funding Big recommendation for people, if you're setting up your own business, do not spend your own money if you can possibly manage it. There are grants out there, there depending on what you're doing. Now, the, the job that I do, the company that I set up is probably one of the more disadvantaged, like a service organization, like what I do. There isn't as much support out there. But if you're going into like the tech industry or you have a product, a real tangible product, there can be a lot of support out there. So... Again, it's one of those things. It can be tedious, but invest the time and having a look um, to see what's out there. As I said, I think there's Invest NI, but if you go onto the Invest NI website, they'll also give you links to lots of other places that you can get different types of funding for as well. There's also a lot of courses out there that are setting up your own business, but also maybe validating your business idea like before you even get to the stage where you're like I'm going to do it if you have an idea you can actually go through some courses to really figure out if that idea is going to work now that's something that I didn't do because I had kind of customers coming to me already but it's it's something that I would highly recommend doing and I actually I work with an organization design, designing and delivering courses like that as well. So, yeah, I would highly recommend take the time to do the research. There is lots of support out there. Okay, thank you. So you've given, I guess, some of our listeners who are maybe thinking of, about building their own business a few tips already. Um, I guess if they're not sure uh, that's something for them, what would you think are maybe the skills or the and or uh, the mindset to start your own business 
do you have any vision around that? <laughs> um, I think, look, I wouldn't discount anyone. I think anyone could, if they if they feel it in themselves, that they would like to try it. There's something there. It's like when I was sitting in Google, I was like, there was something agitated in me that wanted to, to step out and do that. And I think if you have that, then that's a great starting point. Um, you're going to be working on this a lot for the first few years. So you need to know why you're doing it. So that can be one of two things. It can be you're really passionate about the business that you're running and this or whether it's a product or a service, you're really passionate about it or that it helps you create a lifestyle that's important to you. So, for example, some people could go into consultancy or go into their own business because they only want to work three days a week and they find a way to do that with running. Like if they want to be a consultant, I can do that three days a week. It means that they have got spare time. So you you know that this will facilitate other aspects of your life. Um, so I, I would say that really understand why you're going to do it in the first place. What is it um, that's behind it? Uh, look, first year is tough. Uh, you need to be resilient. The amount of times that I nearly just went and took another job in the first year, there was quite a few. I don't know what stopped me. I actually think it was difficulty getting interviews believe it or not <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> but uh, you do need to be resilient and you do need to be able to hear no as well because people are going to say no to you a lot or you're going to get a lot of kind of pushback um, so yeah you need to kind of have that tenacity to just keep going um, and that's where the belief in what you're doing can be really really useful but yeah you, you if if you, if the thought, if I say to someone, how about, you know, because I do coaching with people as well. And, you know, I, I talk to people a lot about careers and where they want to go next. And some people will absolutely flat out say, no way. I do not run, want to run my own business. I do not need that hanging over me. And if that's what you're thinking, then probably it's not for you, you know. Um, but if you've got a sense, then definitely try it out. Go and talk to people. Who are doing it already that would be a big thing i'd say find some people who are doing this stuff already and talk to them get a sense of what it's really like i'm happy to have teas and coffees with people <laughs> um uh, i don't know how much use i'd be but yeah definitely yeah. talk to people I'll put your uh, LinkedIn page, uh, the link on uh, on the web page of the podcast on the PDC website. And oh, if you have that. too many, you'll need to shut it down. <laughs> I'm also pregnant, by the way, so uh, not available after me <laughs> for a few months. Okay, so we've got a lot of postdoc, hopefully, uh, listening to, to this podcast. Some of them are not going to be interested, as you were just saying, in setting up their own business. They might know this is not for them, but they might also know that what they are doing at the minute is not for them and are not really sure on how to choose a career. So as you say, you've got plenty of experience coaching people and delivering workshops to help people be happy. So what would be your 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 tips for for them so it's it's an interesting one it goes back to that you know we're from from day dot from as soon as a child can talk we're asking them what do they want to be when they grow up and then we carry that 
through school. And I think when we when we were sitting in a job and we're trying to think, oh, what other job will I do? We start with looking at jobs. Where you need to start is by looking at yourself and what is it that you want? Like Jobs and life are not separate things. They're all one thing. So you need to, my recommendation is to start by kind of turning the lens inwards and going, okay, what's important to me? What do I really want out of life? And what what does it, what does work actually mean to me? So for some people, it's a means to an end. It's, hey, make money and it's to do the stuff that I like. But for other people, it's to really get full satisfaction out about what they're doing. So there's loads of different ways that you can do this. And I, I do this in the courses um, that I do or that I run. Simple things like reflecting on, you know, your day or your week, right? What were the things this week that really got me energized, that I really enjoyed doing? I was engaged in, that time just disappeared. And if you're not finding any of that in your current work, that's that's a sign that you need to be really having a look about. Um, also look at things, what, what drives me crazy? What sort of interactions drive me crazy? Is there people that I, I find it very difficult to be around. Um, is there particular environments? Am I not comfortable in groups or do I need groups? Is that where I get my energy from? So start to look kind of more at, you know, on a day to day basis. What am I enjoying? What am I not? And then that's you start to collect data on yourself um, and what's important to you. Also looking at things. What are your values? What are the things that really are, are driving you? Um, if you go online, there's you'll find loads of activities that can help you do that. But it is it's it's all about collecting data. And I work in the courses that I run. I work from um, a method of like coming from a design perspective. And if you're designing a product or service, you start by understanding the 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 problem or the need or the, the users who you would like to have that product or service you collect data and information before you even create a product so it's the same with with us you know you really look at what is important to me what do i want what do i need and then you start looking at okay well, what are the careers or the jobs that could potentially fulfill this for me um the other thing with the design approach is don't jump into anything, which I think is hilarious because that's exactly what I did. But, you know, if you well, actually what I did, I thought I wanted to work in sustainability, right, or environmental stuff. So I did dip my toes in. I went over to this farm and I got involved with volunteer groups that were engaged in this. So if you can find a way to dip your toes into something before you actually leap, it's a brilliant way of of getting a sense of it. So what I did was quite immersive. But again, simply reaching out to someone who is doing something that you might be interested in and really understanding what is the day to day of that job? Because sometimes in our heads, we're like, yeah, I totally want that job over there. But we don't know what that job's really like. So try to get a sense before you you make the decision to to leap that way just be curious and meet loads of different people and explore different roles and i think i suppose because i've done quite a bit with phds and postdocs there's that um there is a transition that's difficult between 
academia and potentially going into business or corporate like that's it's it's quite it's quite a challenging transition for some people so find people who have done it and ask them how they did it um it can be it can really give you insights on, on the steps that you need to take but it, it starts with as i said turning the lens in, inward and understanding what really makes you tick and then looking outwards and looking for the job that might help with that Yes, and so you're delivering uh, a live design workshop for us for the the postdoc development center. I attended it, and something that I found really useful too, and I did I wouldn't have thought about it otherwise. As you say, uh, are you jealous of someone? And if you're jealous of someone, it means that you probably want what they have. So look at what they have that you would want, and. I think it's a very good advice too, and I wouldn't have thought about it. Yeah. Um, but for those uh, of you listening um, who are wanting to learn a bit more, well, register for uh, Lucy's workshop on the PDC website when it will be uh, advertised. So later down the year, because Lucy is going to have a lot of uh, work in her hands in the next few months. Mm. Um, talking about work and future that's something <laughs> good transition here uh, so this is one of your passions uh, with like you love innovation technology but also thinking ahead and thinking of what work will will look like in the future and you're actually involved uh, in the organization of the northern ireland future of work summit which uh, will take place in the belfast waterfront uh, in may this year mm -hmm. 2019 um so How is the future of work going to look like, Lucy? Do you know about that? <laughs> you know, it's all a bit of speculation at the minute. Um, so I, I guess my interest for the, 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 this whole concept or idea of the future of the work is, look, we know that technology is changing how we work. It's already changed how we work a lot. Um, but with, the, with artificial intelligence becoming more prevalent, there's going to be a lot more jobs that will be able to be automated and not just kind of more manual jobs, but things like lawyers, accountancy, their jobs are going to start changing substantially as well. And it, it comes back to that question, like, well, what about people in the future work? And this links very much into this, this, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, this idea that we, we start so young With, with kids going, what do you want to be when you grow up? Whereas the kids now, they're not going to be one thing. They're going to be 20 different things in their lifetime because they will constantly change. This idea of a job for life, that's, that's going. Possibly even in the university space as well. <laughs> But it is, it is, education is changing substantially and the way people access education is changing substantially. So, the job for life will will go um there'll be a lot more i guess they they call about the they t call it the gig economy um so a lot more people doing i guess what i do which is go in do something for a short period of time maybe one project and then step out a bit like actually how the the film industry runs now they'll come together for a project for they'll bring like a cast together a set of people with skills together to do 
this amazing project and then they'll all dismantle at the end. So I think there is a lot actually we could be doing looking towards that industry and sort of like, well, how do they do it? Um, so so there'll be a lot more of that, but also a lot more flexibility. People are beginning to demand a lot more flexibility because the technology now allows you to work from different locations. You don't need to be in the same office or the same space to do that. So there is a lot of changes coming down the road and we need to start preparing people for it. And I think the other thing is you could be in a job and that job will start to change around you because of technology. So you need to be willing and able to reskill, to relearn, to adapt as these changes happen. And that comes back to this this whole idea I was saying, like you need to turn the lens inwards and understand yourself. So if you understand who you are, it's kind of like roots. And then as the world changes around you, you can adapt because you know you have a sense of yourself. Um, so again, this is where my interest in the future of work really started. Um, but it's it's fascinating. It can be daunting sometimes. Uh, in the summit that's running at the end of May, so Catalyst Inc. are running that summit and we're looking at kind of three different areas. What what do, like how are business going to automate? How are they going to become more pro- productive? But then we're looking at the education or the growth and development side. So how are both educational institutes and businesses going to change and adapt what they're doing to prepare people for this. And then finally looking like, how do we bring people along with us on this journey? There can be a lot of fear around the future of work. Personally, I think it's a great thing because we'll finally get to be human beings as opposed to human doings, which is how we spend our time now is running around doing, doing, doing. And there is something about maybe what, imagine a world where we could all work three days a week and still have enough to to live on and to survive. Like, this is the dream as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) because we still, I mean, human beings, we we like to work. We like to, or we like to, we like to do things, create things. Um, Does that work have to be paid is another question. Could money come from somewhere else? Universal basic income is something that's been discussed quite prevalently now across a lot of different sectors. So it's really looking at that. And the good thing, I mean, and the other thing about the future of work or about AI and technology is it gets rid of a lot of that repetitive kind of work that doesn't really stimulate us as, as people. Even the the parts of accountancy that are being automated, they're things that aren't so interesting. You know, it's the repetitive work within it. So the, the predictions are that we're going to be, the work that human beings will do will be a lot more um, creative and a lot more about collaboration, teamwork, stuff that we can't train the machines to do, things that are really uniquely human. Um, so, yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see the next 20 years. Um, And I hope it's all good. Brilliant. Yeah, well, I guess if we want to sum up, um, don't look for what you want to do, but who you want to be. Yes. Uh, Talk to other people uh, about their different career, explore different possibilities, 
Don't be scared of jumping uh, and trying something else. Also prepare for a very exciting future. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, I think the explore piece, I want to just to reiterate that. By going out and talking to people and asking questions, you have not made a decision to leave your job and to do things. And I think we can sometimes even be afraid to take that first step. But talking to people is not a decision. That's just exploring and being curious. And curiosity is a wonderful, another skill, by the way, that's going to be needed in the future. <laughs> But it, it is like if you look at kids, they're, they're amazing And they, they're learning all the time. They're collecting information all the time. So definitely be as curious as you as you can be. And I guess that won't be a problem for our uh, researchers who are all very curious by nature. So guys, you're well placed for the future. Uh, well, Lucy, thank you very much no for worries. joining me today. Thank you. And uh, for you who are listening, please uh, don't forget to give us some feedback either on iTunes or on the podcast webpage. And don't hesitate also to suggest other topics or guests for future podcasts. This was the theory of the postdoc evolution. Thank you for listening. Thank you.